and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. One thousand eight hundred and twenty-five. Significant number. That's not how many references to Taylor Swift you will hear watching the football game. That will be more. It's not the total price of your gasoline bill, although how many know gas is crazy right now? 1,825 days of Summit Church. 365 times 5, 1,825 days of sharing Jesus, of water baptisms, of offering hope, of being the light and the salt of Ardmore, of supporting missionaries overseas, the McComers you just saw, who I tried to get to come back when the war started on October 7th. They said, no, we're sharing Jesus with Palestinians and Israelis and people that don't know God, and that's why we came. So I said, well, sing your four girls back home to me then. (laughs) People that say yes to Jesus, and that's what you have done for 1,825 days. Can I just declare to you, I like church missiology and history, and most church plants don't get to the 1,825 mark. The majority of church plants don't survive the first five years. Why is that? Because it is hard work. This isn't just about setting up chairs, which can you imagine all the hours that have been invested in setting up chairs and and opening the doors and setting up the kids area. Did you see the kids that just went through here a minute ago? Somebody should say, praise the Lord. That many kids are in church. I think there's just as many kids in there as there are adults out here. That's exciting. And you said yes to Jesus. And you have prayed and you have fasted and you have sought the Lord. And only eternity will tell the miracles that happened in that five-year span. But can I tell you, there are more miracles getting ready to happen. I was thrilled to be here on your third year anniversary. But five years, there's something significant. We don't send our kids to kindergarten until year five, right? Because they're just getting ready to do something. And I believe God, even today, is launching you into a brand new season of effective Jesus-style ministry. In fact, I believe the war is waging even right now. Do you believe that? But you said yes. I remember when your pastor, Jonathan, came to me and said, God's put it on my heart to be a church planner in Ardmore. Would you consider praying with us, uh, Pastor D? And I said, let me pray. Yes, yes, yes. We need, we need a church. We need a bright, shining church, brand new church. And I want you to know that because Pastor Jonathan and Angela uh, and Roman and Eva and Luke said yes to Jesus, um, that's the biggest key is having a man and woman of God that will say yes to see what God does. And then they were blessed with great parents. How many know uh, Jonathan and Angela are both blessed with great parents? And uh, who, who skips out on their own church to be here on an anniversary? I, the, Robert and Rebecca are like the godfathers, the godmothers of Summit Church, right? And so give them a great big thank you for being here. Wow, I just love them. I think he's omnipresent. I think he's preaching at Begs even right now. Everywhere I go, there's Pastor Robert. And 
uh, and Dakota. Happy birthday to Dakota, a one-of-a-kind man, one man of God right here. And Haley, uh, so thankful for them. Um, I do want you to know that your pastors could be doing anything in the world. They could be any church on the planet. I mean this with all sincerity. Any church on the planet would be honored to have Jonathan and Angela as their pastors. Of any caliber, of any size, in any geographical spot, they are trained, they are conditioned, they have the heart of Jesus, and I just want you to know what a gift they are. I reminded you two years ago, but I need you to be praying for them every day. How many will keep praying for your pastors every day, right? I need you to encourage them every day, and I want you to do the third thing to help encourage them, show up at everything. It's real simple, right? But just show up. We're going to pray over them at the end and your staff in just a moment. I've got friends here, uh, but I'll greet you after because I just want to be sensitive of time. Um, when, I, when I met my lovely wife, Faith, um, I had just come from an assignment in ministry from the South Pacific, and I've never been really good with fashion, okay? And some, my thing. And so I've been in the South Pacific, really close to where Julio and Christy come from, their precious home. Aren't you glad to have them from the South Pacific in Ardmore? And so when I got back to the States, I had a bunch of, because my church back home, we wore suits and ties back then. I just hated it, you know, stranglehold, couldn't preach and all that. And so the church I went to in the South Pacific, they wore these tropical shirts and just casual pants. And I said, glory to God. I had revival and breakthrough. So I, I came back to the States and I was wearing these like Tom Selleck shirts uh, because people mistake us all the time and these tropical pants. And my wife didn't like the style. She thought I was a missionary's kid from somewhere on the far side of the planet, didn't have a lot of clothes or goods. And so uh, she said, donate all that stuff to the Goodwill and I'll help you out. And so she helped me out with my style. And this morning, I just want to talk to you today about Jesus style. Everybody say Jesus style. The reason that you have survived and celebrated five years is because you've had this kind of fashion. It's way better than Tommy Hilfiger. It's way better than Polo, way better than uh, Louis Vuitton. It's the Jesus style. And it's the Jesus style that will promote you into this next chapter that God has for you and let you be victorious. I just want to share just one verse, then we're going to look at the passage of Scripture it comes from. If you just stand all over for the reading of the Word today. And I'd love for you to memorize this verse. Uh, put it in the vault of your heart. The psalmist says, so we won't sin against God. Is why we memorize Scripture. This comes from Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. And it's real simple. It says this. Don't be... Don't try to impress, be, pretty easy verse, right? Hard to live, easy to memorize, hard to live out. Let's say it again. Don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, and be humble. Philippians 2, 3. One more time. Don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that this verse describes Summit Church. Uh, Lord, it's what's drawn these people together the humility of Jesus Christ, the passion of Jesus. And Jesus, you demonstrated this when you were here on earth on the cross. Lord, may we be your examples. And I pray, God, that those who are struggling with spiritual battles, I know, in fact, I feel in my spirit that there's even battles beyond this geographical location that Summit Church is involved in. And we thank you that you are victorious and that we are more than conquerors. But Lord, we're going to Put on the style of Jesus to win the battles. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I knew this message was going to be for you. You may be seated.
Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others and be humble. Now, I want to go back to our Jesus style. How many want Jesus style? Uh, let me go to verse 1 and 2. If you have your Bibles or Bible apps, you can follow along. But let me just walk you through here. This is Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, the Apostle Paul founded this church. I wish I could go Acts 16 and just tell you the story. It's quite a miraculous story. The Apostle Paul, on this missionary journey, uh, this was the first church in Macedonia that he founded, and he loved this. In fact, scholars speculate this is probably his favorite church. It kind of probably looked a lot like Summit Church. I mean, you know, Summit Church could easily be everybody's favorite church because you're so Christ, Christ-centered, right? And so the Apostle Paul had this affection for this church in Philippi, but because of a disruption and really a false claim, the Apostle Paul's in prison right now. And he writes this letter. Um, it's interesting. He writes, writes this letter probably on a scroll that would amount to about 12 pages uh, of our notebook paper. Uh, and the, uh, the Caesar at the time, Nero, uh, was a writer, and he wrote all kinds of things, and yet nobody remembers anything that Nero wrote. But because the Apostle Paul was full of Jesus, everybody remembers what Paul wrote. In fact, now people name their dogs Nero, but their son's Paul. So uh, all you got to do is follow Jesus, right? And so he's writing this from prison. This wasn't a Martha Stewart prison. This was a Roman prison, right? And, and yet the message of this whole book is joy, to have joy. And we get to verse 1 of chapter 2, and he says, Listen, you're followers of Jesus. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? How many Jesus found you when you were in a bad place and he picked you up and cleaned you up and saved you? Anybody in the house? That's me. We celebrated that as Pastor Robert led us in communion. Look at verse 2. The Apostle Paul shows us how we can make a pastor truly happy, okay? So the Apostle Paul says, then make me truly happy. How many want your pastoral team to be truly happy? Yeah. Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. The Apostle Paul wanted the church there at Philippi to have unity. Jesus prayed it. Make them one even as I and the Father are one. Man, I don't know of any disagreement in this place. Listen, if you're upset because they had, you know, yellow peppers instead of orange peppers or whatever, just get a ladder and get over it, right? Because we unite around Jesus, right? And too many times we argue about dumb things. At any given church this Sunday across the U.S., every church is too cold and too hot at the same time. And the worship was too loud and too soft at the same time. And we get upset about really dumb things. And yet the Apostle Paul says, make me happy by wholeheartedly agreeing with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Now, then he tells us how to do it in that verse that we memorized, okay? And I just want to take just a couple minutes and just walk you through this. So we get to the next verse, chapter 3, and the first part is this. That next slide. Everybody say it with me. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Uh, Faith and I became lead pastors, and uh, we moved, and we went to this church, and the devil had tried to beat it up. They'd gone through splits and splinters and even a couple murders. It was uh, quite... Uh, quite the interesting story. And so we got there and there wasn't a lot of unselfishness. There was a lot of selfishness because everybody wanted to be in control. How you know that's depravity gravity? Most churches don't split over theological issues. They split over who gets credit and who's in charge. And so we went, we were there the second week and there was a, a lot of dissension. And so the sound man got mad at the praise team during worship. So we're singing victory in Jesus, hallelujah. 
It was a bad rendition of it, I have to reflect. And so we're singing Victory in Jesus, and the sound man selfishly decides he's had enough with the praise team, and he turns off the soundboard in the middle of the song. This is not a good thing in, in the Lord's house, right? And so we go, Victory in... But because the amplifier was still on, there was a huge explosion in the speaker. So it went, Victory, silence, kaboom! And then the sound man slammed the door to the sound booth. So victory, silence, kaboom, it popped our ears. He slams the door. Someone on the stage thought it was a power situation and ran to the breaker box and turned off the lights accidentally. (laughs) There's a crazy woman on the second row in the dark. She gives a message in tongues and there's no interpretation. (laughs) That's not what that looks like, right? This looks like we're going to yield to Jesus It's not about me. Everybody say that. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Listen, this church service is not about Jonathan or Angela, although we should celebrate them. Not about Dakota and Haley, although we should celebrate them. This is all about Jesus. And our mission is all about the lost people that are not too far from here. They're just like me, that are lost in their sins and drowning in the confusion of the world. And they're getting all kinds of messages from social media. They're even getting false messages from from people that say they're Christians about what they're supposed to be doing. But Jesus wants Summit Church not to be selfish, but to be unselfish in presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. To come around this place and center on the gospel. I encourage you, the only reason you've celebrated five years is because you haven't been selfish. You've given sacrificially of your time. You've given sacrificially of your resources. You've prayed. You've gone to events you didn't want to go to because you were not selfish. You knew that someone there needed you. And sometimes we get up, man, Pastor Pillows is calling our name on Sunday morning. Sister Sheets is real warm and we just want to stay in bed and turn into the live stream, right? Oh, I know that sermon series that Pastor Jonathan's doing, that doesn't apply to me. I'm sure it does. But can I tell you, when you don't come to church, the church misses out because no one has your gifts. Everyone in this room has gifts. If you don't know them, Pastor Jonathan will help you discover them. But we need your gifts at this church every single Sunday. And when you stay at home in your pajamas, listen, it doesn't get the job done. You go to Walmart in your pajamas, why don't you come to church in your pajamas? We just need you, right? Hopefully you don't come to Walmart in your pajamas. Don't be selfish, be unselfish, and give to the Lord. The next part of that verse we memorize is this. Number two, it says, don't try to impress others. Listen, don't care what the Baptists, we love the Baptists. Man, their their counterpart, their director of the state is my dear friend, uh, and I love him, I pray for him. Don't worry about the Presbyterians. Don't worry about the other uh, spirit-filled churches. Don't worry about whatever anybody else is doing. Don't try to impress them. Listen, um, Uh, when I go to church to church, we're at a different church every week and, and almost every pastor, your pastor doesn't do this. Almost every pastor says, you know, we got a whole bunch of people sick today or, you know, the weather or this or that or whatever. I don't care. I don't care who's not here. I just care who's here. Right. And so don't try to impress others. Don't worry about a measure in this size of church with us or whatever. Just don't try to impress others. Try to impress Jesus. What is Jesus impressed with? sincere heart, forgiveness and grace, just as he forgave us, we forgive others, that we show mercy and grace to the least, the last and the lost that he died for, that we don't talk about ourselves all the time. Does that, does that describe your social media, your Instagram, 
your Facebook, your ex, your Twitter, whatever it might be. Don't try to impress others. When I was first dating Faith, I tried to impress her. She was this beautiful, angelic person that showed up, and, and I was very impressed with her, so I was trying to impress her. And so I invited her to a, a very eloquent date. I said, dress up in your best dress. I'm going to put on my suit and tie, and we're going to go to the theater. And so we went downtown, and we went to the theater, and I, I bought these tickets in advance, and I didn't really know what it was because I'm not a theater kind of guy. Uh, I'd rather watch college football or something. And so, but I wanted to impress this beautiful woman. And so we got there and we got there early and we're all decked out because it's this fancy theater. And as we get there early, then suddenly all these children start marching into the, the theater and they're just dressed in their little, you know, Saturday clothes. It's a Saturday evening and, and their parents are coming in and it's quite rowdy. And then all of a sudden the introduction with the curtains, they open and it's the theater presenting Salty the Salter, the singing hymnal, which is a kid's program. It was designed for five-year-olds. And I've invited my uh, new girlfriend to dress up for Salty the Salter. Anybody old enough to remember Salty the Salter on Focus on the Family? And so they came out with their puppets, and they came out with their life-size mascots, and Salty started singing. And I said, Faith, I'm so sorry. And she just started cracking up. So we made it all the way to intermission, and then we left, and we went to get something to eat. I wasn't very impressive, right? I tried to impress. I should have just been myself because I'm not a theater. If you are, bless you, I'm not that sophisticated. But I'm not a theater kind of guy. God just wants us to be ourselves. I just encourage you, Summit Church, be yourself. The third part of this verse is this, be humble. How do we do that? Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Uh, listen, I came and, and man, the pastors and the team are greeting me at the door. Wow, they're making me feel special. They're offering me reception stuff back there at the VIP table. Man, you guys embody this. I just encourage you to do it with the loss as well. Listen, I know you guys advertise and you do invites and social media for Summit Church. But the 90% effective way to get the loss to this church is a personal invitation. Hey, we got this great church going on. I think you'd really enjoy it. We got the coolest people in all of Ardmore. I think you ought to just show up. It's probably going to take three times of inviting them to get here, but how we know there's a lot of people that need to get here to this church because you're offering what everyone needs. That is Jesus. This church is the hope of the world. If I was Jesus, I would have used a Navy or an Air Force. But he came and he said, I'm going to use this ragtag bunch of disciples to change the planet. And I'm going to use a ragtag bunch of people that will get together and pray and honor me and be humble and I'll change the world. And over five years, he's changed the landscape of Ardmore because you said yes. But God has better things ahead for you. Do you believe that? Now let me just walk through the next few chapters. I'm wrapping up. In fact, um, if my keyboard player could come help me here. The whole book of Philippians is centered around this poem in Philippians chapter 2. It's maybe one of the beautiful, most beautiful poems in the New Testament. It's laced with Old Testament references. I just want you to read it because the whole joy that comes in chapter 4 and the whole humility that's here in chapter 2, Paul is just saying, hey, would you clothe yourself with the style of Jesus? Uh, I've got a little CMN, I've got a little church multiplication network fashion going. I'm wearing it because it was free. Glory to God, right? But whatever logo or shoes or whatever, it's more important to be clothed with the style of Jesus. And here's what the style of Jesus looks like. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. The next verse. Verse number seven says, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. 
He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He came to earth through a birth canal. Is there any, much, any more humility than that? He was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross for you and for me. Therefore, God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The reason that we're not selfish, the reason that we don't want to impress others, the reason that we want to be humble like Jesus is because when we do, we express the heart of the Savior. We express the heart of the name that's above all other names. And that is how people come to bow to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That they meet you, you're Jesus with skin on. That you're an ambassador of Jesus. And when they see arrogance in the kingdom of God and people motivate it with self-aggrandizing things and we elevate ourselves, that's not Jesus. Jesus humbled himself so that he could die for us, be resurrected the third day, so that you and I could come to know him. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes and bow your heads today. This verse says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's either will we do it now or at that great judgment. I just ask you, is everything right between you and Jesus today? If Jesus were to come back, would you be in his eternal presence? There's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. If something, if your life was taken, are you ready for Jesus today? And if you're not, God sent me a couple hundred miles down the road just to say, Jesus died for you. He loves you so much that he put this church right here in this location and got you here today so that you would discover the purpose of your life, Jesus' salvation, to forgive you of all your sins, to put that past behind you and to put brand new chapters of grace and strength and mercy of Jesus in front of you. No one's looking around. You say, yeah, I'm not right with Jesus today. Just slip your hand up. I just want to pray with you. I want to embarrass you. Yeah. Anybody else? Had two hands raised? Praise the Lord. Wait just a minute. Yeah. Three hands. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love when hands go straight up. Those of you that raised your hand, this is just a personal moment with Jesus. And there aren't human words that can describe what Jesus does. When he comes into our heart and transforms us, and takes all that broken stuff, and he buries it, and he brings his glory and his honor, his radiance. Hebrews says he's the express image of the Father, the express image of his glory. And today I just want to just pray a prayer based on Romans chapter 10 that expresses this. Words can't encapsulate the miracle. But can we just all pray this prayer? Those that raise their hands are going to pray it. Maybe some that should have raised their hands. Can we just pray this prayer? And I'm just going to say this prayer. Just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for humbling yourself. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you help me follow you all the days of my life? Today is a brand new chapter. In Jesus' name we pray.
and all of heaven celebrates, Luke 15 says, I think we ought to give the Lord a shout of praise right now. Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand, if some, in a moment, the Holy Spirit gives you, would you tell one of your pastors, a leader, man, and follow Jesus in water baptism, stay connected to his church, because this is just the beginning of a brand new season of grace for you. Glory to God.